everyone, welcome to another episode of MGC. We have such an amazing and big show for you today. My team and I have had the pleasure of speaking with the UFO slash UAP researcher disclosure teams, Vinny, who is a growing leader of the UFO and UAP research community. His massive amounts of effort and sleepless nights have allowed him to deal out knowledge on all things extraterrestrial and all anomalous events that happen on this globe and elsewhere. And we couldn't be more excited to sit down with him. Now listen, it's important that throughout this episode, you really listen to how Vinny speaks and what he says. After you spend some time putting your best foot forward, you realize that there's something to this. UFOs, UAPs, paranormal findings, anomalous events, and more. They are all happening, and many of these things have been legally confirmed to have happened, and when you listen to Vinny, you realize that there's normal and well-educated people out there, and all they want is the truth and real disclosure as to what's happening in our universe to the extent at which we know. And Vinny spends every day trying to enlighten all who will listen. And folks, right now is the time to listen. So please, sit back, enjoy the episode, and we will see you at the end. Three, two, one. Vinny, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I... I... It's craziest thing. I found you in a car ride on my way to uh, Pennsylvania, and I was like, I gotta get this guy on. I messaged you, and you're the, <laughs> you're the coolest guy because you responded like 12 minutes. I was like, this guy is the man. How did how did you get started with all this stuff? Um, do you mean like started on Instagram or started in the whole started field? Started in the whole field. I'm gonna take you right back to 1982. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, man. I was five years old. My parents took me to see E.T. Extraterrestrial. Oh, cinema. that is awesome. Yeah, man. And uh, I mean, I don't remember that much, but they always remind me that when the movie ended and E.T. went home, that I was in floods of tears because I was obsessed with that alien, man. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, do you... I think it's just carried on from there. That's such a great movie, too. I hear you got like a lot of weird, like, um, inspiration for that you ever seen the movie paul i have oh yeah. my gosh i love that movie <laughs> absolutely love it that's man. one of my favorite mo- most uh favorite alien movies um but i think one of the most like realistic ones is uh close encounters um, oh man that's that's one of my favorite oh my gosh who was Hell yeah who was uh based what hum- actual person was based off that character in there what character? He was on Joe Jacques, Rogan. It was Jacques Vallée. Jack, yes. Oh, oh my fr- God. Uh, Truffaut's character. Yeah. The, yeah, fr- the weird yeah. French kind of researcher that they yeah. had in the movie was based off of Jacques Vallée, who had a lot of input into the movie with Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah, I, when I, I learned that, that cameo at the end. Yeah. As soon as I learned that, I, like, I got to watch that movie again. It was so cool. <laughs> um, so you got started pretty young then. That's incredible. So when did you start? Yeah, the I mean, like my obsession with kind of science fiction, aliens and, and things like that was very young. As far as in this field, I guess um, it all started with the same way we all do. We all watch the kind of documentaries and things like that over the years. Um, but, but for about the last 10 years, I've been really focusing on it. And then I'd have to say the last five years I've been digging like really digging deep yeah, and building you, up an archive of stuff you know honestly you like you it was and when i found you like a month ago like you've already got like four three thousand more followers than you did before like you were getting yeah, out there yeah. you're, you're putting in the work like no joke no I'm, I'm trying my best man <laughs> i know absolutely so i want to get this out of the way what's okay. for you this might be a big one already but seriously what's the most convincing 
thing for you right now that makes you be like, this this shit's real, and we got to do more about it? Like UFOs, um, UAPs, anything. I will always, right now, and even with all the new stuff that's been coming out in the recent months, which is it, I think is fairly compelling evidence, I still will revert back to the 2004 USS Nimitz case yeah. with Commander Fravor, the Tic Tac incident. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the recent uh, coming out of the female pilot Alex District on 60 Minutes a few weeks ago, just adding to the credibility of the case that was already a highly credible case. Um, I think that the, the the video, along with the uh, witness testimony, um, it all adds up to be one of, in the most modern times is one of the best cases that we've ever seen. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy that um, it's fine. Like I really feel like things are finally moving along. Like. Yeah. You know, I, and I must be crazy for you, like being involved in it for uh, so long. Like, but like, I've only like recently been starting to get into it, and I'm like, why is it more being done? And finally, like, the ball's getting rolling, and you know, gets me really excited for the future. Um, Good, you should be excited. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't imagine, like, I have no plans on dying without knowing. Like, no, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> not, absolutely not. Are you excited? That's a good way yeah. of looking at it. Are you excited for like next month if uh, anything comes out? No. No, why? <laughs> the UAPTF, uh, the the UAP task force report that's due um, June twenty fifth. I think it's going to be a huge nothing burger, as really? it said. In, yeah, I, I can believe I'm that. I'm afraid so. I mean, I'm normally quite a positive person in life in general and with everything, but I don't think we're going to get much information. It, there's going to be a a big classified report that goes to the Congress, um, and the separate report. That the public are meant to get yeah. i don't think is going to give us much and information. now I'm... before you came on you you went live and you and you said you're you're pretty convinced that you think somebody else is gonna you know drop something mm. right yeah you, what do you think they're gonna what do you think is gonna happen is, is that, drop? that that triangle well, ufo the picture jeremy the... corbell's been obviously posting these drip feeds for the last what month and a half two months um there's definitely more information to come from those cases I can say that with about 95% certainty. But there are other people out there. Lou Elizondo has said that he knows of many, many military people Yo, out there. Yo, I'm so excited for you and him. Yeah, me too. Oh, like, yeah. Big time. Uh, there's a lot of people out there with information. I'm working on a few cases behind the scenes. Can't yeah. say too much. No, what can you say? Possible evidence. Possible crystal clear evidence that's all i'm gonna say because i have to respect my sources and uh i can say that there are lawyers involved and we're on wow. that kind of high level of stuff um it's it, it, it's scary I'll, I'll say that much i could only imagine you know sometimes i think about like you know people like uh, alex jones and uh, who's that blink 182 um, i'm like if i was them i'd be so afraid to go to sleep like i can't even i'm scared when they get when they're when they get something right because I'm like, oh, shit. What else is? Yeah. What else are these guys talking about? That's true. Yeah. Well, you've got to remember that the the three FLIR video for uh, camera videos that came out that were released in 2017 from the Nimitz case, they were confirmed in 2020 by the Pentagon to be authentic. And then every drop that Jeremy Corbell has done recently, within a day or two, the Pentagon, Pentagon have officially it. come out saying that these are authentic videos. That blows my mind. Yeah. So they're not saying what they are. But they're confirming that they are confirmed, authentic, un, unidentified objects in these videos, and that's huge. Yeah. Well, can I ask when when those 
those three photos that came out. First, it was it was that triangle UFO from the that the one of the pilots took from the cockpit. Then it was. The, uh, do you mean the infrared, the green video? Uh, no, no, no. This was the um, uh, the one that came out. That it was an iPhone video. It was an iPhone photo from the cockpit of that that it was like a triangle thing just hovering at. Few yeah, feet. there were three photos yeah. dropped from, um, by Mystery Wire yeah. um, from the F eighteen cockpit. I think the debrief also reported. They they dropped it pretty quickly yeah. as well. It yeah, was yeah. it was the circ it was a circle a circular one, and then there was a metallic looking one. I, That's right. Yes. When those came out, there was talk of like a photo of a triangle UFO that was like pretty spectacular. That, that this was is still the one that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, is that, is that the te- teased all the time? Literally, it's teased every couple of days. In, in the circles that I'm in. Is that the one you There about, is talk of it coming no, out the... in advance of this report. But uh, it apparently shows a, a triangle UFO exiting the water, the ocean. I think. Um, and obviously, it's not a video. It's a still. But it's they still. know that it came from the ocean. And what, what, would we, what would we say about it if we were to look it up? How would we look that up? Well, the, you can't see the photo. Oh, you can't? Oh, that's no, what, that's. No, what, still, oh, gosh, 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 gosh. There's just talk about it, but apparently it's crystal clear and it's only 50 feet from the cockpit yeah, of the person. It's a pretty damning it. photo, apparently. There's a there's a seat. There's a. Uh, uh, they made a render of it. Is that what you showed me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was very interesting. I imagine seeing. Like, I've a seen real... a few uh, a few recreation ex- you know examples of what it could look like. Yeah, like what people have who've seen it said it looked like or something. Not no, not necessarily people that have seen it. It's people have done these recreations based on what people have said it might oh, gotcha. Okay. There's, gotcha. there's a lot of uh, a lot of gaps between who made it and who saw it and things like that right we have yeah. to be very careful with things that, like yeah that. that's yeah. true yeah we gotta be careful about what we say because that's how like rumors get started and that's how people get like super amped about things that really aren't true and then more rumors start and that's yeah and, and that's it, how people yeah. like me get in trouble that yeah you said, yeah it's like no, i and didn't it, say that i said i alluded to something similar the the wording in this subject is under scrutiny on a daily basis you have to be so careful because the gray yeah. areas are, are such a fine tightrope yeah and it gives us a bad name out for, for one word wrong you know so yeah it, it, it's walking on glass i mean like because it really sucks when uh you know, you might say something that sounds crazy only because your source was incorrect because the source was being stupid. And you say this stuff and then people are like, oh, this guy's a hack. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's like you got to try to really be careful when you talk about things so you don't hurt the other yeah. um, researchers and stuff because, you know, Absolutely. we're trying to be a team here. I feel like that's kind of sucky, too, when, you know, everyone kind of gets tries to get like a lot of clout for this stuff when honestly we should be working as a team to figure this stuff out. Absolutely, man. You nailed it. Yeah, I mean, like, and on your live, I um, I just was watching how you were saying that, like, you you're a team player. Like, you want to be involved in all of this with everybody, and I think that's my favorite thing about you is that. Thank you. Man. Yeah, no, of course you you actually want to do something about this. You you want to spread yeah. information, and I feel like when the day comes that we know it all, you'd be happy leaving it to this. Like, you'd still be in love with all this stuff, but of course. I feel like you feel you'd feel like your mission is done, and you wouldn't feel like you were robbed of any vanity. And I think that's really cool about you. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in this for any kind of gain, whether it be financial, whether it be for clout, credibility, to get my name out there. Yeah, I mean, none of that. I didn't even come forward as a face and name behind Disclosure Team until I hit ten thousand yeah. followers, and I I only did that because I wanted to show people that I am a real person that 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 I'm not a. a I'm not, I don't want to be secretive because we have enough secrecy in this subject as it is. So 
I've never done any of this for me personally. I make nothing off this. Yeah, I well, do this. That's, I do yeah. this for, for the for the passion, you know. Can but, I ask maybe a probably definitely a dumb question? I don't know the answer. <laughs> Please, there's no but, such thing as a dumb question in this subject. Like, let's okay. So let's we'll say, go easy. It's Johnny. We don't. We don't. Yeah, a good one. <laughs> uh, let's say like if because when like when we uh, Mark said a few times like when we find out or if if, if we find out like do you if 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 this is a uh, you know aliens or some kind of weird you know oh they exist some like a like a weird dimensional type stuff or they're abstracted uh-huh. from reality so that's a weird thing like yep. do you want to know it's like how are you gonna watch a movie when you're like there's yeah. aliens outside <laughs> yeah yeah it's like I already know all this like it's nothing like when people are like Arthur C like the Arthur C Clarke quote in front of every alien movie it's like either we we're alone in the universe or we're not both are equally terrifying it's like no the aliens are way more terrifying like we're already <laughs> used to being like do you you want obviously this is dumb, but do you want? Would you be more comfortable, or do you want them to be aliens? Um, that's a hard question. I'm going to go straight off the cuff and say yes. I want them to be aliens, of course. And and then if we then have to, like you say, carry on watching these movies and stuff, then maybe Hollywood will step their game up. Yeah. Let, let's yeah. face it, Hollywood is nowhere near as good as it was back in the 80s or 90s. Most movies these days are are not as good as they used to be. Um, They're just churned out like a production line. Like, let's see some quality entertainment, you know. I'm all for that as well, you know. But, uh, yeah, I want them to be aliens. I don't want them to be Russia or China. Absolutely Absolutely that's That's got technology that can completely take us, UK, and you guys, US out. I mean, yeah. yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, definitely, I don't want any of the technology we're seeing to be Russia or China. I think that'd be the scariest thing. Even if it was yeah. the, the United States, like, I don't think I'd want my country to have that technology. Like, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, like, like you know, you I don't think, yeah. It's proud scar- to be a part of the most technologically advanced country on Earth. I mean, like, imagine anybody on. Imagine anybody on Earth unlocking the ability to play on God mode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it'd be ridiculous. Um, it reminds me, um, a lot of people, I think you actually brought this up to me, Johnny. Uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, people that believe in simulation se- theory say that they think, or they say that UFOs are like admins, and that's why they can do whatever. What, Benny, what's your opinion on simulation theory? Hey, listen, I mean... It's one of them theories out there that has and and, and can't have any real evidence. But we, you know, I've heard interviews with scientists that have stipulated that it's a a real high chance that that could be true. So who am I to deny that? I mean, it's completely believable. You know, I, I can't say yes or no. Either way, I have to remain impartial because I'm not in any position to say no. Yeah. Yes. Would you? So would no, you? Uh, I'm up for that. Would you like it not to be real, or would you want it? To, like, like I feel like I wouldn't want to live in a simulation. That would be a horrible existence. But yeah, but you see, uh, personally, me, I've, I've got, I've managed forty three years living in this possible simulation. Yeah. If I wasn't told about it, why would I be bothered about living the another? Hopefully, yeah, I guess that's right. Forty three years. <laughs> I feel like yeah, it's more of like a, an existential thing, but I mean like. I just think if you're happy, you're happy, and, like, you figured it out. I, I mean, like, I'm thinking about all these aliens and, like, UFOs and everything that may or may not come about and be told about us. The I feel like a lot of people—what's up? 
Can I ask really quick because I, I want to know more about where he's staying in in the spectrum of you know like the like a super skeptic like the, that that Philip Class guy from like the sixties and seventies who who was working for the right. government or that. Who's that guy recently? His name was like Randy something who claimed that he fought aliens on Mars. <laughs> Between those two guys, do you where, where does the extent of your belief in, around, in UFOs go? Like, do you stop at their physical crafts? We don't know what they are. Or do you do you think that they're probably aliens or? Um, I'm not entirely sure about the question. I don't think that we've been out there fighting them or interacting with them as far as far out into our solar system with a secret space program or anything like that. There's a lot of people that claim to be a part of that kind of thing um and when you have uh, when you research that kind of thing you you hit brick walls way too quick way too right. quick super lack of evidence What's... um people that are quite easily called out to be charlatans and that hey I mean, uh Vinny, real quick one second i just want you know the um our camera for the podcast for anyone watching is going to still be rolling we're just going to fix our webcam real quick so Vinny, you're not going to be able to see us for about 30 seconds but we could hear no you. worries man right, no go for worries it. at all let's keep talking um just can you re re yeah so i was well i was just using those two examples as a joke to like set up a spectrum but on on the in terms like people there's people who say oh you know i I know there's aliens and they live in the dog star system or like no it's completely they're untrue they're just psychological or whatever do you do you believe obviously you believe in the physical reality but do you believe or claim to know that they're definitely aliens or you think there's something else or like I'm I see where you're coming from um, yeah and I don't know and I'll try and talk about that a little bit there is a high possibility they are simply visiting us and we see them in our airspace and they're coming from further out in the solar system the galaxy the universe there is a high possibility that they are interdimensional uh, and they're just jumping into our area from outside through kind of wormholes and portal travel and things like that then there is the theory that they already exist here now whether that be hidden from us maybe deep in our oceans co-inhabitants yeah or whether they live in a reality that is just outside of our five senses in a i heard you say that in your life yeah in a dimension that is just so close yet we just cannot perceive it in any way because Mm. of what we are as human beings so yeah, there's probably four or five that I really kind of can believe or can uh, you know associate with or and things like that. There are some that that I can't. Just the whole secret space program <laughs> and that we've been out there and experienced them further mm. out in the galaxy. Mm. I, I I can't really get on board with that. Those are my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, I, on a, on a few a few months ago. I was in my math class on Zoom. I don't even know how it happened. I was listening to my teacher, and the next thing I knew, I was on Amazon looking at the first few pages to a book called Project Serpo. About a oh man, that's Project Serpo. <laughs> that's and this so is funny. the thing: those kind of cases, like you said, are probably some of the favorites because they sound so. They're awesome. just fun to read. That's hilarious. And, and I that's that's probably I looked into those cases pretty soon on when I was, you know, spending some time researching these and they are unfortunately the ones where you hit brick walls or yeah. you come across people that are classed as charlatans who are pretty much liars unfortunately or right. they have no evidence to back up these claims and you do feel a little bit like, "Oh man." Yeah. Like you they are the most exciting ones that if they were true they would be freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you should ask me about Stephen Greer. 
Oh, oh yeah. let's do it. I let's saw, hold it. on. Are, do you, uh, <laughs> are you, what are, do you, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So are you a fan of Stephen Greer? Um, right now in his current form? No. Okay. Do I respect the things he's done in the past? Hell yeah. Right. Big time. He really set the pace back in 2001 and, and probably before, but specifically 2001 with the National Press Club disclosure, you know, press conference with all the military witnesses and that. I mean, that was just yeah. huge. And over the years, he's done great work. But recently, it's all come to a head with some of the revelations about him, some of the things that he's been accused of, some with evidence to back up his negative aspects let's say i'm not going to sling mud at him right now that's mm -hmm. not what i'm about I, I do sling mud a little bit on <laughs> on my instagram lives but i'm not going to do it on such a public forum yep um he's going against a lot of these um people involved in this process at the moment like like lou elizondo and and that kind of people um who have a lot more credibility these days in my opinion um, it feels like there's a lot of jealousy involved and, and things like that. And Dr. Greer not being at the forefront in the center, Mr. Disclosure anymore. He's just recoiled into a corner and he's just acting a bit childish, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, what, what was the uh, his most recent documentary? Close Encounters of the, the Fifth Kind. Yeah. Which might have yeah. been the, the best comedy ever made. <laughs> not to be too mean about it, because I don't like being mean about like movies. But there was just that... There's just one scene where, like, he hypothetically proves that humans have the te telepathic ability to, like, affect technology. And the guy's response to that is just, oh, cool. And then they cut away. It's I'm not describing it's not doing it a service at all, but. I feel like, yeah, I feel the, like. The, go ahead, go ahead. The, I was just going to say, the, the, it's not so much his documentaries because they're well made. They're well made, right. I'd say that. Um, yeah. The problem is that. Too many people watch them and take away what he says as gospel. Like, right. well, that's the, that's the truth. We've got to believe it. People need to go away with that information and then dig in for themselves. And that's where you start learning things, you know, and nobody does that. People, and I see this every day on my page on Instagram, in my DMs, on comments that they've watched these documentaries of Greer and they've just taken it as gospel. Mm. And, and they hit me hard. Um, and I hate to be confrontational, but I have to come back at them with real research evidence of, I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to put it politely, you know. And, uh, yeah. what, what's your opinion about the CE5 that he talked about? I don't know. CE5, yes. it, I'll, I'll, can I answer that? Go, well, no, go that for was, it. Yeah, no, that was for you. All oh, right. CE5 <laughs> is just meditation and, and a conscious belief system that's been around with human beings for thousands of years Stephen Greer just labeled it with the name CE5 I'm not saying it's real but it's a potential avenue that can be mm. um, can be used whether it works or not it's harmless yeah you and need, there are people yeah. in this field that are doing that kind of work and looking into it to see if it's real who are not asking for thousands of dollars to join them on these things. And I'll give a shout out to my boy Tyler at Contact Tour. If you're not aware of Contact Tour, go and follow him across all social media. This is his area. And I've been 
speaking to him a lot recently because I wanted to understand a bit more about this area because I'm such a nuts and bolts researcher, evidence-based. I'm not really in tune with that kind of spiritual side as much. So I've been looking into it and having weekly conversations for the last few weeks with with this guy, uh, Tyler at Contactor. And he's the kind of people, uh, the person that's pushing this in a, in a way that you can... You don't have to believe anything, but if you listen and learn and things, then you know that there are possibilities and connections between consciousness and spirituality and the cosmos. So we don't need Stephen Greer to be labeling something as CE5 and charging thousands of dollars to to be a part of it. I do agree with you with a lot of that stuff because, um, you know, I I have this theory, like, and this might go a little off the rails here, but I have Over this it. I have this idea. Right. Um, you ever read uh, a Stephen King book or you know Stephen King? Very well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Do you, you know, know Stephen King? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's all good. <laughs> give him a break. You, you know, uh, yeah, give me a break. God. You, um, you know, like The Shining, right? How, like, it's in all of his books and, like, whatever. I use that as an example to explain what I mean. Um, so the Western world, like, the, the whole West half of the world, right? It um yeah. the way it evolved, it was the first to do this, the first to do that. They they basically pioneered everything, and then they moved over to the east. I have a theory that you know, just like animals, humans also have instincts, right? Sure. And but the reason why we don't really need or use instinct much anymore is because we have all this technology. We don't need instinct. I don't need to know whether or not my uh, kid or my mother or father is in pain. Because they can just call me and tell me. I don't have to, like, what what's wrong? Something's wrong. Like, I feel weird. Like, I don't need an instinct anymore. However, if yep. you look at Native Americans, you know how, like, the whole thing goes? They can see ghosts. They talk to spirits. And they get all this spiritual energy. I feel like the reason might be is because they still have a little bit of human instinct where most Westerners or people that come from the West don't because we've evolved not to have it. And sure. I've imagined, I'm like, okay, maybe whether you call it CE5 or something else, I've imagined that's kind of the same thing where if there is this thing that connects all living beings, we can really see it possibly being completely real with Native Americans or uh, any indigenous species that still like, you know, grassroots, like is doesn't have much technology. Like it's kind sure. of fascinating and a little, little creepy, honestly, if I'm being honest. Um, that crops up so often in my research. I'll I'll be researching something completely, like I said, nuts and bolts, and then all of a sudden you'll go into a realm where it's to do with uh, like mental connections through consciousness and levels of yeah. a communication system that goes way outside of something that we're used to in this modern world, something that we may have lost in the past thousands of years ago. You know, the chance that there may have been civilizations before us that have just disappeared that had the ability to to communicate through a system like what you were just explaining whether it's telepathically or whether it's through a physical sorry a, like a mental mm -hmm. feeling where we we are connected and we can feel each other's emotions and pain and physical bit you know it's, it's wild wild it is it's, it, there's some great theories out there and I, I i can't say yes or no but they're more believable than than a lot of things out there that I come across. So the things you were just saying right there, hell yeah. I yeah. Mean, why I, not? I, I feel like, and I mean, like, I kind of make fun of myself, and Johnny is probably going to smile or laugh when I say this, <laughs> but I make fun of myself because I kind of sound like Joe Rogan when I talk about DMT because 
so many like uh religions especially in like south america so many religions so many uh even just random people they talk about dmt and how they use dmt and um it was based it's basically like, like a birthright in some places for you to be able to talk to the gods and what if this instinct we talk about it comes from that dmt and because like every living thing has it it's that's what connects us um mm-hmm. that that drives me insane can you uh do me a, a one favor um, I think we're getting some feedback from uh, some breath on your mic. I don't know if it's uh, you or one of us. Is that better? Am yeah. I getting too close? Um, I could I could always turn you, turn you up my end. So if you're far away, I can I could turn up your gain. But I don't uh, have a filter. My gain might be slightly off. Actually, um, is that any better? Yeah, it's great. Sounds great. Um, cool. Let me let me know if you need me to adjust it again. But can I just go comment ahead. on what you yeah, were saying go about for it, DMT? Go for it. Um, the U.S. government have done a lot of work oh, when it yeah. comes to psychedelics and DMT and things dating back decades. Right up um, alley. They've spent millions of dollars on that kind of research. You know, um, we've we've not really seen much of what they evaluated from that research. I think there's a lot of still classified information. But when you, when you're talking about a government taking that kind of thing that seriously, then you know there's got to be possibly Absolutely. some connection there. You know, absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, the uh, you're like big on this, right? With the the whole MK Ultra stuff and the yeah. I know, yeah, I know a lot about um, primarily the experiments with LSD and stuff that the, the U.S. government did in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, yeah, late sixties, early seventies, definitely. Well, the, and by the I think by the seventies they stopped doing they stopped doing the experiment. What they did in the late sixties and early seventies is that they took the experiments to universities, and then there from the universities the LSD doses got out to basically the general public and then everybody started doing it and then they kind of outlawed it outlawed it that's right they did they went to the universities and they did it in a kind of covert way where they weren't exactly telling the uh, the people in the experiments yeah. what they were trying to do it was very deceiving and very dangerous what they were doing but, but they did it to take Kaczynski, apparently. Yeah. Oh man, God, don't even get me started. Like, I don't know much about him, but he, that whole thing drives me crazy. Um, uh, can I ask the can I ask him my uh, do whatever you want, Johnny? Questions? Yeah, go right. for it, man. So go for it. Okay. So to me, the after, like in going into all like the stuff about UFOs and stuff, the most interesting thing uh, I got out. Uh, just so you know, he's got a uh, White Sands video. If, when, when you're ready for that. Um. He. I. My the most interesting thing I got at, uh, out of it didn't have to do with the physical reality, whether it's true or not, because mm-hmm. that's a, it's a very you know, I, the the one thing that I thought would it it is true is you uh, you are you familiar with the idea of UFOs as a psychological phenomenon? Do you mean as something the government are putting out as a psychological um, uh, psychological warfare, kind of like a uh, planting the seed in people's minds, or um, no, like UFO? Uh, explain it to him. Yeah. Okay. So, have you read um, uh, Carl Jung's book on flying saucers? No, I haven't. I would 100% recommend it because it doesn't deal with the physical reality. It, he gives a psychological analysis behind UFOs and stuff. And it's basically through mechanisms of the brain. Um, the, 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 the way you, you, uh, UFOs manifest themselves in our world uh, correlates with uh, folklore and myth of, uh, you know, from the last thousands of years of human history. And he basically calls UFOs a modern myth in the making where the whole lore behind them, whether they're aliens or not, um, are basically the same stories we've been telling for years, just with basically an updated sci-fi filter on them, basically. 
Um, and I think the question between the, the uh, in the discussion, it's it's either binary. Well, it's all UFOs are all in people's heads, or they're or they're no, they're real, physical, right? But I haven't really anybody. I haven't seen anybody make the distinction between well, maybe both of them are true. And they're completely separate phenomena happening, almost coincidentally happening at the same time. And given the example that people back then would see chariots in the sky, and then right, like there, well, this so in uh, Carl Jung goes goes on to say because the interest in UFOs correlates with the political division of the times. Like the last time people were this interested in UFOs was during the Cold War, where your next door neighbor was either a communist or something like that, and <laughs> the world was going to blow up from nuclear war. Yeah, people. Were de- basically divided and now again pe- you know exacerbated by like social media and other uh, media pl- platforms the division of today is exacerbated to a point where it rivals the the division and dissociation of the 50s during the cold war and we're taking ufo seriously again so um what what, what did you what did you ask to, me to? about the how people back then would see charity oh, yeah again. so the are either the appearance or, or comprehension of UFOs, because people have been seeing them for thousands of years, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the appearance or comprehension mimics the technological process of the times they were seen in. So like ancient reports of flaming chariots, medieval reports of aerial ships, 19th century reports of blimp-like craft, like dirigibles and stuff like that. Then in the 20s, you got uh, flying saucers and triangles. And then obviously today, you have like Tic Tacs and you know cubes within translucent spheres. Um but have have you seen any? Because I, I do you think it's possible that they could be complete? Do you think it's possible they can be completely separate <laughs> phenomena, just coincidentally happening at the same time? They might just be a mechanism of the human brain that's just, you know, as you think there's two different. It's as connected yeah. with just being a human being as you know dreams or something like that, as it is an, an actual to see, like, God, physical phenomenon. Yeah. yeah, I think I know where you're asking. That was a. I'm really bad. If, if you haven't that guessed, that's a hard question. Yeah. That, <laughs> if you I haven't guessed, really I'm really bad at going. talking. I think, um, I think we are seeing, or people are seeing, <laughs> physical objects in the sky, and they have been for thousands of years. There have been all sorts of shapes and sizes, but they have always been physical craft in the sky. There may be some correlation somewhere within there with something that's inside of us that's we think we're seeing them. Um, and I'm just going off of that long question i think i'm trying to answer it how you want me to um but i think these are simply physical craft from somewhere every single shape could be related in some way or another lou elizondo did an interview recently where he he gave an example of you see a single craft that is circular with a light on it you see a cigar shape that's long and they can come together you see a triangle and they can all form together and they all correlate in some way or other. Like they may have different jobs or different yeah, purposes. Yeah. There are correlations that could possibly be happening. Now, Lou never really went too far into that because of he can't divulge too much of what ATIP studied. But we know that some of the people that worked for ATIP were some of the most prolific and greatest scientists that have looked into this subject. Um, and I've got so many questions probably based around the kind of question you just asked me so a lot of what i can probably answer you with is speculation but i believe that what we're seeing are physical craft um whether they come from i don't know i don't think it's any kind of figment of our imagination or they're not interacting with our brains to make us see something that's there that's not so this is definitely an area 
that is a real gray area at the moment and a lot of questions are starting to be asked i'm going to be asking those questions yeah. given the opportunity so i hope that kind of answers your yeah. question yeah uh, yeah absolutely um do you think that um kind of this question is being asked a lot now um do you think these ufos are piloted or do you think they're like drones um i'm gonna go 50 50 down the middle okay and the reason why i say that is because there are two ways that they can work with the speeds and the, the directional changes that occur with them there are some instances where we just physically know that anybody inside them would in theory yeah like carbon crushed. base would probably not be able to survive that but then there are there are theories out there that say that with some kind of bubble around the craft that the occupant inside would not even feel any kind of motion no inertia no matter the speed no matter the directional change it all depends on the gravity bubble or the electromagnetism yeah. propulsion system there are so many theories out there so that it really is a, a two-way answer it's possible either or obviously with the physical size of the craft some of them are small as possibly six feet is more than likely to be some kind of drone yeah. drone craft rather than something that's 40 feet 50 60 plus feet could possibly be manned or something like that so it's really theoretical but in order for for a, any kind of being that has a physical form to survive those kind of maneuvers there would have to be a propulsion system that utilizes a system so advanced that the bubble creates no kind of movement within the object yeah i think they can control gravity on the outside why couldn't they do it on the inside yeah that's exactly it. yeah um which reminds me of like the whole bob lazar thing i mean like sure exactly yeah you, it all you, relates back to that story what's your and, opinion and on others, him of course what's your opinion on bob lazar like do you think he's, uh, he's got uh, it like uh, where are you at with that do you know what i have questions about this every single day yeah. on on instagram in my dms um there is a lot of evidence to back up his story there are certainly holes in his story i think it comes down to the case that we probably won't ever find out the truth about bob lazar you know like the 100 certified truth yes he's telling the truth i don't think we're ever going to find that out i think what we need to take away from bob lazar is that he brought this subject to the forefront of people's minds back in 89 90. yeah and that and that that in itself did this subject some kind of credible thing because it brought it out into more of a public domain so i don't think these days it's really worth digging in any deeper to try and find the answers because we could debate until we're Blue 80 face, 90 yeah. years old let's just give him the credit that he brought this subject out there and and move on to the more recent and credible things where we might get data to be able to answer some of the questions we need mm -hmm. answering that's a good point i saw because uh and there's a, there's a, in his story he talks about how his wife thought he was cheating on him or he was cheating on her because he was going out at like these weird times yeah and somebody was like either this guy is telling the truth or he came up with the best cover story <laughs> of all time he had he had a lot of dodgy things going That's on funny. in his life over the years yeah. uh, you know working with brothels and things like that and really? hey listen everyone has shit going on in their life it doesn't mean that the main story he's talking about uh is is wrong just because he had some other shit going on and it's yeah. like excuse me i don't know if i can swear on yeah this. Bro, you say um, whatever the fuck you want you're good to go <laughs> yeah but you know everyone's got dirt in their lives but you know that's separate to the story that he's telling you know so i think too many people think well if he was 
running brothels or working with brothels, then he can't be credible in his ufology story. Well, it's completely separate. We can't rely on that. And I think a lot of researchers that looked into his history had some kind of bias as well. Um, so, you know, it's a tough one. There is no answer. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah, it's... It's uh, I it mean, feels like, like one of those things that we'll just like never know. Which annoys me. Which annoys me so oh, much, you know? Like I'm, you guys. Uh-oh. No, we're, st- we're still here. Oh, you're there. Yeah, we're still here. We're just, we're just fixing the camera. Because uh, I have like a $1,500 camera for the podcast and then a $20 webcam oh, for StreamYard. So we have I'm to keep- sorry I made you use that, dude. No, <laughs> no. It's honestly not your fault. It's, it's, it's mine. I got, when I moved to college, I got it to talk to my girlfriend and then never used it again. So, um, but anyway, no, that, that stuff, it, it upsets me, like, with the whole, uh, like, uh, being a kid, the thing about UFOs, you know, you think, oh, I want to know, I'll, I'll never know, and that's annoying, and that's feeling like you're robbed of the truth, or robbed of something you deserve for just being human, be- existing, I should be allowed to know this stuff, um, yes. and then just the same thing with, like, with Bob Lazar, or really anybody that, like, says they were a part of it, it's like, I, I need to know, like, how dare you lie to me about this? That is bigger than you. Like, why would you do something like that? Right. Which makes me think. Go ahead. What? Like, there was a movie. What was it called? What was the movie? It was the Mila Yo- Yo- Jojovich. It was the about in, in Alaska. I just saw it like a few weeks ago. I have no idea. It was a shitty. It was a movie. It was a, it was a crappy movie. But in <laughs> in it, they claimed that it's based on a true story. In the beginning, she goes, "I'm I'm playing this character. She's based on a true. This is a real person. This is actual encounters she had. She played a psychologist who." You know, oh, through like hypnotic the fourth or, kind. Yeah, the fourth kind, yeah. And at the end of the, and one? then yeah, and uh, and they show like uh, apparently like real video of like a UFO yeah. going over a house, and then you look it up, and it's all fake. Oh, that's so like, stupid. Why would you abstract even further? That like, why would you extract abstract the truth even further on a subject that's just so filled with bullshit already? Yeah, I was, well, oh that's what we were talking about before. I was yeah, so frustrated. That's so stupid, man. <laughs> I hate that. Like, and I, I'll like click on a documentary on Netflix. Like, oh, this looks so cool. And like, it, as soon as I watch it, I'm like. Oh my gosh, this is horrible! Like I remember, I was 12 years old. Like I can't wait to watch when I go home. And then like they showed an alien that looked like a stuffed animal. I'm like, I I can't believe I I was excited about this. I hate that shit so much. This uh, is the problem that we face as researchers in this field: is that the majority of stuff out there is on that level, on that kind of stuff. So we we have to. I mean, we know quite quickly by doing our due diligence and research that that stuff's fake. But then when you've got to try and persuade thousands of people that hit you up on your Instagram page that that stuff's fake, you can't do it for every single person that hits you up. Yeah. And you want to, but this is the problem because everyone's just so inclined to believe something that they've seen in a, a high-end production documentary or whatever. Like, well, it's got to be the truth. And it's like, why would I believe an Instagram page over a, a documentary on Netflix. Do you know what I mean? And that's absolutely, it's, mm. it's a challenge, man. Yeah. You know, it reminds me too, that, um, you know, when I was younger, this stuff seemed so mystical and out there and no one was talking about, it. we didn't have pages like yours. We didn't have, you know, when I was young, we didn't have, we didn't have Joe Rogan. Like we didn't have, we had nothing like no one mm. talking about this stuff. And I remember it being so fantastical and so mystical and actually got me so excited and interesting and interested and scared too. And although I'm still very excited and very interested, I kind of feel like I'm already such a massive believer that my excitement and fascination about it isn't as big as it was back then. Cause right now more, I'm more angry than excited. Cause I want to know already, you know? 
Yeah, no, I get that. And I think that's a common denominator across the field. People are have gone through those phases of anger because they um well not so much anger straight away. It's just that that sensationist yeah. belief like it's it's gotta be true and all those things. And now it's like So come on, bro, dude, show us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, show us. It's about time. Come on. We we want it to happen in our lifetime. We need it. It's almost like it would fill a gap in our lives. And and I I think that's okay. I think that's that's okay in this day and age, you know. We we need that next level of something to happen in this world because all we hear is negative things about war and climate change and that. Mm. We need some and I think the alien thing would be a positive because of the the talk that all they want is for us to become a better race yeah. and they have interest. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Under you know. other than vindication, what what are some positives that you think can come about by knowing the truth and not just the government telling us, but like aliens actually being like, "Yo, yeah, we're here." Like, what what would be a positive from that? Well, maybe we can just begin to see the changes as far as reliance on fossil fuels and the one percent that you know the 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 banking systems, the the petrodollar oil systems yeah. that pretty much run this world. You know who. You know, if you're in a third world country, you haven't got a chance of having power to your house or or anything like that. We can yeah. we can just completely wipe that out. You know, free energy. If these if these craft are using the systems that we believe they're using, then that basically means that we could have free energy throughout this world. It may take 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Well, this actually from, from can I ask, what are what are what are the what energy system? What's the uh, means of energy suspected for these craft? Well, it's an anti-gravity or an uh, or, or um, an electromagnetic system, which is basically drawing energy from from the ether from nowhere, in, in a in a basic sense. Which means that if we have those capabilities, we can implement systems across the globe that cost zero dollars for any country to have systems to power electricity to to, to make food power systems to produce clean water it, it would basically over time yeah. not straight away but over right. time it would wipe out poverty it would wipe out famine you know things you know, like that it's, it's a it's a big deal what, you, what we're talking about right now is actually reminding me of something i'll say it in a second but uh like we're talking about um you know being better humans you know finding a better way uh aliens would if, if they're real if they're there like maybe they could help us you know come together being better people it actually reminds me of uh Bashoy's, uh theory you, you you had to have known i was going there um, Bashoy, who's not on camera he's got a mic though if you don't mind Bishoy, i want you to listen to to this if you don't mind Bishoy, uh, tell him your theory because it's actually very interesting talking about if aliens wanted to help us you know, do anything because what what was that in um that with the Jack Valley uh the yeah what was his uh, documentary uh the phenomenon that, no, that was, was James Fox oh James Fox whatever uh when they were talking to those kids uh, that saw the aliens and kids. and yeah and they were like the aliens were saying hey stop playing with technology like just be human be, in, be like relax a little bit like trying to tell them that like you're going in the wrong direction I feel like maybe there's something to just you know. We got as they step out with yeah a, yeah yeah, um, but Bashoy, okay. if you don't if you don't mind, I, I seriously want you to bring that up. Please. <laughs> All right, hey Vinny, uh, how are you? Hey man. Um, well, before I before I do that, I I want to ask you something, because um, we were Go talking about it. we were talking about you know, belief and and wading through the murky water of you know all the bullshit that's out there, and yeah. and trying to sift through it to find you know what's real. 
And yeah. I, I guess, you know, my question to you is when you started that initial search, you said it goes back, you know, to the eighties watching ET. That's what really uh, stoked your passion and curiosity for the subject. Yeah. When, what, when would you say was the moment when you went from looking for answers, the fundamental question of is something out there? Are UFOs real? When, when did you go from that to now being convinced that there are things out there? And how did that change your mindset, you know, in, in, in your work? That's a really hard question and a very good question. <laughs> and I don't think I can put it down to one specific date or year. I think, like I said, I've been probably digging into it hard for the past five years, but it's only really the past four years since the New York Times broke the story about ATIP and the Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program and the fact that the government had been studying this seriously and that they had no answers, that that really, really said, okay, if they don't know what it is, and they are the biggest and best military capabilities on the world yeah. scientifically and and everything i think that made me really my eyes really open and go okay now we're talking about the possibility of that that other thing right being the really the yeah. possible answer i think that's what really stoked it for me yeah it's it's just sad though because i feel like that should have been you know if, if we can boil it down to one moment that should have been the moment for a lot of people, if not, you know, the whole of humanity. But I feel like it went unnoticed, you know, because of everything else that was going on in 2020, there wasn't really much of a reaction. But it, like, I remember, you know, I had a similar reaction as yourself when I first saw that, that the Pentagon, you know, validated it. That was a no shit moment for me as well, you know. Um, but, you know, sadly, that couldn't be said for the rest of the world. Yeah. And... You know, I think to your point, I think uh, you you said this on live earlier, how when the report comes out in June, it's going to be a nothing burger. Or if there is something to it, something's going to happen, you know, right before to get people distracted and and to turn their attention away. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're still in the early days of disclosure. Right. So many people have put their all the eggs in the basket of, the UAPTF report and I yeah. continuously say that that's probably going to be a big mistake. Right. Uh, history big tells for... us that yeah. with 70, 80 years of secrecy, we can't just expect it just like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's like the <laughs> slowest pace we could imagine. Well, that's like, there's so many things like they're like in like the whole UFO, like the alien lore. There's always the, that that one thing is just like, oh, we just missed. Like, I think it was was the I think it was a Gordon Cooper who said he he filmed a UFO. It was at it was at, it was at Ed for, Edwards Air Force Base, I think. Yeah, yeah. He filmed a UFO land, and then he got it developed, and then he gave it to like his commanding officers, and he just never saw it again. Stupid. Disappeared. Don't even, yeah. yeah. Don't even, bro. I'm stupid. There's so many things like that. Like that. Yeah. What is that? The like, what like, What is that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The most ridiculous thing ever. It pisses me off. Like you're exactly right. There's always that. Yeah. One little thing, um, which makes me really happy that uh, Fravor got his stuff back. Remember when he had the uh, Commander Fravor? Yeah, Commander. Oh, Fravor. he got the video. Back? When he got the video yeah. back, like that was like, oh, thank God, like that at least you you worked out. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, Bashar, yes. give us give us the yeah. uh, the thing. Yeah, and you know the, the way I see it is like the best way to hide a real conspiracy or or you know yeah a real conspiracy is to just hide it among the white noise of all the bullshit ones out there. You know, like I feel yeah. like so many people. You know, as humans, you know, probably all of us have had this curiosity towards what's out there in UFOs. And then we start to look and then that's when the majority of us get discouraged because there's just so much noise and bullshit that I feel like even if we saw the real thing, we wouldn't know what we were looking at. We wouldn't know that it was real because it's been we've been desensitized to it. You know, it was buried I completely among completely agree, man. Yeah. People are let me just jump in. People are completely saying, why are we seeing all these infrared videos? Why are we seeing all these blurry videos? Why can't we just see a 4K crystal clear image? And my response is always, how will you know it's real? With, with, the, with, the, with the quality of Photoshop and all these kind of programs these days, how will you know that a, a 4K image is real? When we get infrared videos that are maybe a little bit blurry, we also get data that backs them up. So these images and videos are actually better than right. a crystal clear 4K video because we have, a, we have a secondary source of data. We have the video and we have the data, the radar data and, and things to, to yeah. look into. Time, position, so all that. It's, it, it's not as simple as just seeing a crystal clear image or video these days. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, maybe it's that way by design, you know, like especially yeah, with, yeah. with the CIA having, you know, well-known close ties to Hollywood going back to World War II. Absolutely. It would make sense that, you know, if we just push out all this chaff, so to speak, yeah, it'll, you know, it'll obscure anything real that does leak so that people either don't recognize it uh, for what it is, or they simply are desensitized to it or just dismiss it outright. But absolutely. And that's um, what makes people like myself, that's what makes our work hard. Yeah. That's why we have to just keep on going and digging and going and going, it, it, you know, it, yeah. You, you you never feel like you're getting close to the truth. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. But I mean, people like myself, I, I'll never be deterred. I will keep going, and um, I'd like to think we'll get there, man. Yeah, and you know that's why you know we appreciate the work you do. And yeah, of uh, course. With Thank that you, being man. said, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. With that being said, uh, I think I've stalled long yeah, enough. Yeah, give us the, give us your thing, man. All right, so this is a hypothesis. I, I have a lot of time on my hands, right? So I, I, this is something I just kind of came up with as a thought experiment. I wouldn't say that I believe it necessarily, but it's more of a what if, and maybe people much smarter than I should look into this. So, okay. And, and the basis of it starts with the Fermi paradox, which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, and yes, for anybody, indeed. yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, the Fermi paradox is simply this question, which is, if mathematically speaking, life should be abundant throughout the universe, where is everybody? Why, you know, why haven't we seen anything? Suppose, you know, conclusively. Yeah. And there's a few proposed solutions to the Fermi paradox. One of them is the zoo hypothesis, which is, you know, aliens are out there, but observing us from afar, monitoring us, just much, just like we would watch, you know, an uncontacted tribe or uh, animals in the wild, and. You know, perhaps they're kind of making sure that we don't get out of hand. You know, I, I think there's probably, it's probably no coincidence that right after the atomic bomb dropped, you know, 
we started seeing all these reports and how there's a concentration of activity that's always around nuclear sites and sure. military sites. Um, and that's the zoo hypothesis. Yep. And, and there's another proposed solution, which is the great filter, which is basically this concept that life does pop up all the time, but something, there's a universal obstacle that gets in the way of any developing species or civilization that prevents it from surviving long enough to become advanced enough to become detectable. And when I say detectable, I don't just mean through radio signals and all that, but also we'll say to become interstellar, like something, something prevents most species from surviving long enough to achieve interstellar travel. And this is kind of where my ideas or my, my thought experiment starts to come in. So going into that, using humans as the example, it's kind of flawed because it's a sample size of one, but it's what we got. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll have to work with it. Let's say that as a rule of thumb, intelligent life throughout the universe has a tendency towards self-destruction, whether it's based on, you know, sociological behavior, you know, greed, war, apathy, corruption, all that leading to our inevitable downfall, or something that's probably more universal because you can observe it in bacteria in a Petri dish, that all life has this tendency to consume faster than it can expand. You know, so like if you put a bacteria in a Petri dish, it's going to keep expanding, you know, until it reaches the edge of the dish and then it'll die because it has no more resources. So what if that's the great filter? What if that's the universal problem that, you know, at the rate we earthlings are going with climate change and, you know, being the, you know, the main threat, we may not survive before we can become interplanetary, which I know Johnny, you know, has his own thoughts about that. But for the purpose of this uh, hypothesis of mine, let's say, you know, at the rate we're headed, we're probably not going to survive long enough to achieve interstellar travel. And then all evidence of our existence will become undetectable to anyone outside our galaxy who may be searching for us, you know, a thousand years from now. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So there are a lot of, things that, that that fall really in between the things you're saying um yeah if we look at what we're doing then we kind of seem like we are on that line to the point where we will just dis- destruct before we get that opportunity right. to well advance out into space right but then if you look at the way that possible extraterrestrial civilizations have been monitoring our nuclear capabilities to almost warn us Right. to say look we're aware of your nuclear capability we have shut down some of these weapons we've shown that we can control them you need to kind of back off and and, and chill right. out on this, well, this 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 path i'm i'm happy you said that because that actually fits perfectly into the next part of this I, but, okay because there's more <laughs> like i said i had a lot of time on my hands but no worries th- go for it hopefully this won't take more than you know another five minutes but no worries um so if we accept the premise I've laid out so far, right, that mm-hmm. the great filter is intelligent life's tendency towards self-destruction or consumption at a faster rate than expansion, uh, yep. which is just unsustainable. So then the question becomes, 
how does one overcome the great filter? And the obvious answer to me seems to be this idea that I call ultimate cooperation, which is just a fancy term for harmony and world peace. You know, it, like humans, if we were to today put all our differences aside and share our resources and our collective knowledge and research, you know, no more divides between the U.S., Russia, China, the U.K., yep. just everybody pooling together. We, could, we would probably reach interstellar travel, you know, in the next 50 years. Sooner. Like, or honestly, sooner. I, yeah. I, I, right? I, I tend to agree yeah. pretty much. So ultimate yeah. cooperation would then be the key to uh, having a species that survives long enough to become advanced uh, far enough to become detectable and interstellar, right? Now this is where it gets crazy. Absolutely. So yeah, then this is where it starts to get a little wild, but bear with me. Go for it. So based on all these things that were just laid out, yep. I think it stands to reason that any interstellar, or you know, I'm sure there's exceptions, but for the most part, any interstellar capable civilization would have had to have first become harmonious and peaceful by design because that's how they were able to get that advanced to begin with, right? Yes, so absolutely. in 100%. essence, they would have to transcend their baser instincts and, you know, achieve this enlightenment of sorts. So then yep. what would be their only mandate at this point? You know, if they've achieved world peace and harmony, then they'd have to be a peace faring species by design. Otherwise they yep. wouldn't have made it that far. So then what would be their only mandate, you know, other than continued expansion, I think it would be a bigger, more altruistic mission, which is that their mandate would be to ensure the continued survival of life throughout the universe, whether it's life that they themselves created or made in their image or just found along the way. Their goal is, you know, let's make sure that life continues to exist in the universe. So to me, you know, I'm not religious, but I, I view religion as a form of technology because it is a creation that allowed us to do things that we couldn't do before from a secular perspective, which is, you know, are you familiar with Dunbar's number? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Dunbar's number is... The human brain is wired to have 150 connections, up to 150 connections. People that they can trust and cooperate, cooperate with and rely on. Yeah. Anything past that is, you know, untenable. But they say that um, there, there were researchers that proposed this idea that early religious concepts and, you know, spiritual beliefs served an evolutionary purpose of promoting cooperation between large groups of people. Because now you had these common core beliefs that signaled to each other that, hey, you know what? Maybe you're outside of my hunter, you know, 149 other hunter-gatherers, but yes. I can trust you because we believe the same thing. We, we follow the sure. same, you know, we abide by the same moral code. So mm -hmm. in that sense, religion was kind of like a technology or a hack that allowed us to cooperate in larger numbers beyond, you know, the hunter-gatherer tribe's that typically were in, in that range of up to 150 and go yeah. beyond that and have larger groups, which 
is part of what allowed society and, and civilization to develop. That's, you know, we moved beyond hunter, hunting and gathering to setting up, you know, agriculture was another big part of it, but. Yeah, big time. Yeah, but like ultimately I think it was those two things coming together, agriculture and religious beliefs that allowed this larger cooperation, which was the basis for society. And then, you know, religion, like any other technology, can be used and abused and has since. So I see that as no coincidence because if you look at pretty much every religion that's out there, they talk about ultimate cooperation in some form, you know, in, in their purest form before you take any, you know, mistranslations or, or schisms or, you know, interpretations that have been applied since at the purest form of every religion is this idea of the golden rule and cooperation and harmony yeah. and f- all for the purpose of reaching the heavens, achieving eternal life, breaking a cycle, which to me, the heavens being the literal, you know, stars among us, yeah. eternal life, not being eternal life for the individual, but rather eternal life for the species, for the species. right? Yeah. And breaking the cycle being breaking the cycle of life popping up and dying and popping up and dying because they're unable to overcome the great filter. So -hmm. you put it all together. So you take this idea of any alien civilization that can reach us would have to be peaceful and they'd have to have ultimate cooperation to have done it. And that every religion we have preaches that very same thing for what can be argued for the very same purpose. So what if religion or religions were a technology that was gifted to us by these civilizations? And that's why we see so many depictions in, you know, murals and and religious texts and art, you know, going back to early human history that show, you know, astronauts and, uh, sorry, Mark, can you get the... Yeah, Johnny, want to do the camera? Um, the you know, the right. they depict ancient astronauts or, you know, flying things in the air. Or even the Bible talks about, you know, Moses, Moses' people being led towards, you know, the promised land with something that was a cloud during the day and a ball yeah. of fire at night. Which Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, got yeah, finished. No, I completely see what you're saying. So that's basically where I'm going with it. That, you know, that maybe... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that these aliens, if they're out there, would have to be peaceful by design and that maybe they've, they used to have a much more personal and uh, open relationship with humanity. But as time went on and we proved ourselves to be stubborn, now they hang back and they kind of monitor us and then intervene when only necessary to keep us from destroying ourselves or potentially being able to destroy any of our neighbors. So that's basically the, my long-winded idea hey, on yeah. the subject. <laughs> I, I don't really know how to respond to that other than that everything you said makes makes perfect sense, and that's probably one of the main hypotheses that, that really does stick out in this field already. Um, many people allude to that all the time, um, and it makes perfect sense. There are, are so many little ins and outs that you could talk about with relate with relation to that um again if i was to speculate there would be the case of maybe the ones that are getting to us are the ones that are trying to keep us safe maybe they've bypassed the 
the negative extraterrestrials out there uh, and got to us to warn us to, to to make something bigger of ourselves before we destroy ourselves. You know, I, I've said this a lot of times in, in my discussions with my followers that in the things that I've researched in the past and, and my studies in the past, I come from an astrophysics background and in, in astrophysics, there's a lot wow. of positives and negatives in almost everything you see. And throughout the universe, there's positives and negatives. So, the, you know, maybe when it comes to another race that you will always get positives and negatives, malevolent and benevolent. Right. Well, maybe the good ones are the ones that are really looking out for us. And maybe it's ramped up a bit over this past hundred years because it, we're getting to this point where, if we don't sort ourselves out soon, then the, the, the negative ones are going to get to us and, and something bad might happen. I don't know. This is pure speculation. I, oh, yeah. Everything I, don't I, tend, said was... I don't tend to dwell into that realm because there's no research that you can do because right. the evidence isn't there. It, it becomes speculation based on history and religion and things. That's why I, I'm a nuts and bolts guy. I will always say that. But everything that you've said makes perfect sense because it's it's a hypothesis that we have to keep on the table and i'm a right. big i'm a big believer in this virtual table that we have to have in front of us where we yeah. we lay out all the options and all the possibilities and then we only tick them off when we have proof and evidence to say that they don't belong on that table anymore right. and the way that you very eloquently put that thank you <laughs> thing that you said then yeah of course it makes yeah. sense but uh, can, I, can i just we, say i just don't know can i just say before we were recording i was uh, reciting uh I was reciting them the theory that UFOs as a psychological phenomenon and, and also a physical phenomenon. And I got into like a minute and a half into it. And Bashoy goes, no, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so I, I abridged it to like two sentences when I asked you. Well, <laughs> I mean, that was different because you were phrasing it as a question. This I was going to give him the theory this man and then was, ask the question. This man was given full disclosure about what he was getting into <laughs> <laughs> i did not phrase it as a question no, but you know what to I be to be the same way you did and to, then i to asked be, the question uh, at the end to be fair to you though uh johnny because because it is actually like a very interesting idea and and oh, it's so funny just just to go back to it because i actually <laughs> kind of have my own thoughts on it that kind of ties into this as well what, what johnny was saying is he he kind of um outlined <laughs> this idea that you know that the psychological phenomena could exist simultaneously with the physical phenomena. Not that it removes the, the, the it's not binary, right? It's of not course. binary. It's no, right. absolutely. So it's a possibility. Yeah. So, but you know, the, when he said that to me the other day, the way I kind of looked into, uh, you know, thought about it was, you know, maybe, you know, like human language is another technology. Right. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll say that. So pe people can only describe things in the terms and w with the words they have available to them at the time. Right. So like if yeah. a modern plane were to fly over, you know, ancient China, for example, sure. how would it be documented? It would probably be documented as a bird or a dragon or because there's no word for plane. Right. The plane hasn't been yeah. invented yet. That's a very simplistic you know, breakdown of it, but it would be their version of unidentified, right? We so don't, they don't know what it is, right? And and it's to like me, what we went over before, like yeah, it, the the appearance or comprehension mimics the technological, right? That's, yeah, exactly. that's what Johnny yeah, was saying. Yeah. So so it's this idea that you know, I think that as humans advance and our language develops more, we are we become more and more 
capable of describing the things we see around us with more accuracy. So with each iteration, we're not, maybe we're not at the objective truth yet, but we're getting closer than we were before because, you know, when the Romans looked up and they saw these same, let's say they're the same exact crafts. When the Romans looked up at them, they saw chariots, you know. That's the only word they had to describe. Right. And, And then, you know, 19th century, it was blimps, like Johnny was saying and all that. So it could be, and I think that's what Johnny was getting at. Yeah. Um, it could be that we we have, you know, like you were saying, thousands of years of evidence, but it was within the limitations of the words we had available at the time, mm. you know, a, a, and and what was in the collective conscience conscious of humanity at the time, you know, given yeah. the available technology, and that's why you know you went from shields to chariots to blimps to saucers to now more amorphous shaped objects and things like that so i think you know i I think it's really interesting and i think that you know it, it speculating you know is important because it kind of Info- it, it kind of changes the way you go about things, doesn't it? You know, Absolutely. Because and this if- is the thing that there's nothing wrong with speculation in yeah. this field. Nothing wrong. But there is a very fine line between speculation and forming a belief that you believe something, but yeah. without any evidence whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's absolutely. a problem in this field. Um, yeah. Um, and all the things you were just talking about as, as far as you're going back into ancient times and that what we're left with are depictions on murals and stone tablets and monuments and things like that and and they really do point in the right direction but we do hit a brick wall when it comes to researching that because we don't have anybody around because they're dead from so many years ago to corroborate what we're seeing and that's why and this is why part of my research is solely based in more modern things is that we do have people we can talk to people who are witnesses and stuff like that but yeah, it's always good to look back into those, into history, and see the correlations and the and the relation. You know, the way that we can link things together. There's nothing wrong with that, um, and I get that a lot. I get people talking to me saying, "Why don't you ever post about ancient aliens?" You know, I could probably use a better term, but um, <laughs> it's just because I solely do focus on where I can go without hitting a brick wall, where right, my yeah. research can dig deep. It can go into things that go right into the documents yeah. and, the, and, the, and the government and things, because I still believe no matter what anybody says is that there are people in this world right now who do have the answers. Right. And there are very, very few of them, but I think we can just keep digging until we get close to where they've hidden those answers. And so that we don't have to re- rely on them giving the answers to us. We'll yeah. find them before they, they do that so that they lose control of the narrative. They lose control of the power and the power systems that they they integrate that with as far as ruling us as a humanity and, and making us rely on things like fossil fuels and stuff. It, it's all right. a very interlinked system that that points my research in that direction, you know? Yeah, I, and I think so. that's what really stood out to all of us here when we found your Instagram page is because you you do avoid those, you know, brick walls as you've you described them. You just lay I out. I try. <laughs> yeah. And what you, you do know. is probably more efficient for trying to get people on board with the whole idea that they might be physical. Like if we I t- think it, if- I think also what I try and do is get get people to realize that that every individual that follows my page 
they have a chance of getting involved yeah. as well they can reach out to their local government official whether whatever country they're in they can write through the freedom of information act through direct contact with their local representatives through their government representatives as far as like covering the whole country they can request information and if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing all it takes is for one or two people to get an answer that, that, yeah. that makes something a little bit clearer through all the thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people out there do your part yeah we, we all still have a little part that we can play as that, that's not just sitting back and watching documentaries and waiting for other people to give us the answers we can do this as a collective you know species well we, we're not we're not just um shackled down to waiting for it to be giving to us we can play a small part it's like mass procrastination yeah. well almost. i mean like when i was thinking like when you find someone that doesn't doesn't believe or doesn't want to believe or is unconvinced and i, and I think about like you know the phoenix lights or like there's some you there's videos of stuff coming out of the ocean or the um let's go oh that's weird where's the the white sand was it the job. white sands video White Sands, New Mexico. Yeah, Bishoy, can you pull that well, up that, for us? Well, that video, that's not the when I that video. There's a video of a UFO, a UFO crash. Um, it was White Sands, New Mexico, in 1997. It's not, con, it's not to convince anybody, but it's that. Is that so it? it gave me the most. Yeah, it's gave me the most weird feeling watching a UFO. We're crash. gonna put up on a. Uh, it could yard. just be like a missile or something, but it looks. Can he see it? Is this the one that bounces? Hits the ground and bounces. Yeah. And the thing that's like, I don't, I wouldn't bet any money that it's anything interesting but the way it hit it bounces first and then shatters and hits the ground exactly mim uh lines up with what was reported to have crashed at roswell there was two crash sites it bounced and then when it crashed it flew all this debris everywhere yeah i mean i've only touched upon this particular video slightly in my research um but Thank there's you for nothing sure. conclusive to say that it is just a missile or anything, in my opinion. Right. I mean, it might ex there might be out there. I've not dug as deep as I have on that particular video as I have on other cases. But like I said, when I do my research and I do come across cases that relate and things, then that one in particular, in my opinion, still has some credibility to it. Um, and it's a possibility. But then, then again, if I was to dig deep into that, I'd want to speak to witnesses. Yeah. And when we're going back right. that far, unfortunately, in this day and age, being so many years from that event, you're very unlikely to find anybody who's still alive or still, you know, got got it in their head of exactly what happened. Even if it, even if they're still alive, it might be just such a blur. And that, again, is probably why I tend to focus more on more modern cases, because I, I want to look for the outlets where there are witnesses who've still got a, a good frame of mind about what they saw. But it's a tough one well, yeah it yeah, really well then, is and that's the problem with the subject uh, you know as one person as one researcher you cannot cover the entire subject of ufology if you're going to focus on one area you're going to neglect the other areas unless you've got a team behind you mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately i may be called disclosure team but i am just one person <laughs> that you remind me about speaking about a team yo we got to talk about skinwalker ranch and what's going on with that stuff oh, oh nids yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! You're like, well, what did, what was the thing you wanted to bring up? The um, did I? Yeah, about uh, honeycomb. Oh yeah, I looked. I heard this. I don't know. I couldn't find it anywhere. Do you know anything of, about reports of a honeycomb structure under Skinwalker Ranch? I saw uh, something like that. I don't. I've know. not heard the phrase honeycomb. I've heard of a possible structure, possibly to the size of a thousand feet under Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe that's the same thing. Then they were talking about possibly, but in. 
if it was something that was covered by NIDS in the 20 years that by Robert Bigelow covered this subject, a lot of the information is still classified on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now under the stewardship of Brandon Fugel, um, the investigations that they're conducting right now are literally still coming out. I mean, a lot of it in the in the current TV series that we see, uh, possibly some of it may be held back. It's hard to say. I mean, I'm a big fan of Brandon Fugel as a person. I believe his uh, transparency is legitimate. But I think that they would more than likely do a lot of due diligence in their research. And when they find things, they won't just throw it out on a on a mainstream TV series when they find something and then speculate on it. I think they would have to go away for some considerable time with a lot mm. of experts to look at it. So it's been mentioned that there's some structures underneath Skinwalker Ranch, and that's quite recent. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something in the future, but I'm not expecting anything right now. And I wouldn't put that on them. I wouldn't expect it. I'd want yeah. them to take their time right. and do their due diligence. So, But it is super fucking interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Do you, do you think, like, because I know you're, you're, you're more about, you know, like you said, nuts and bolts, and about, like, UFOs, aliens, UAPs. Um, Does it fall under the same category as... Well, what I want to ask is, like, all the paranormal stuff about Skinwalker Ranch, what is, is any of it or all of it or none of it convincing to you? Like, what's what's your opinion on a lot of that no, stuff? No, it is. I mean, it is. It really is. It's I, I've been crazy. following I've been following that story for, for many years now. I haven't, I haven't dug deep into it as far as going into the kind of ORSAP, you know, ORSAP, which was the predecessor to ATIP, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that, that Lou Elizondo worked at. Now, ORSAP that was run through Bob Bigelow did look into Skinwalker Ranch alongside NIDS and stuff. Um, I've not looked into the, the the deep depths of that as far as I probably could. So it would be speculation on what I say. And I don't normally go into that paranormal side of things. The fact that there are UFOs reported is the only reason why I probably do connect to that that area in that case. Um, and then a lot of it is to do with the, the the tribal side of things and the ancient history there. Again, something I'm not really, it, it forms part of my research, um, but I find it so interesting. And I think recently the fact that Brandon Fugel's come out and done, done a lot of public interviews uh, with people that I'm friends with as well, leads me to believe that the fact that he's only been a, the owner for, what, five, five six years? Um, Bigelow was the owner for yeah. 20 years. I think we still need five to 10 years research before anything substantial needs to come out of Skinwalker Ranch as far as any further investig- investigatory evidence. So I think we should just hold back and be patient. I mean, I say this with the whole UFO subject. We've been withheld information for 70 to 80 years i think we can manage a a, a year or yeah more. yeah for you know real huh? I, mean? I, I feel like that so. stuff actually fascinate you know like the, what i was saying before how when i was younger all the alien stuff was like blowing my mind now i'm like tired of it i want to know like I, I feel like i deserve yeah. to know <laughs> i feel like with the skinwalker ranch stuff all the paranormal stuff like that's kind of still new to me. So like if, right, that's, yeah. if there's something going on that involves the secrets of the universe and that type of like cliche yeah. movie thing, it's probably Skinwalker. Skinwalker right? Ranch. I asked the stuff. I, there, could I, be, there could be a relation with some of the things that, that I have heard out of Skinwalker Ranch. There, there could be some, some correlation to these these entities living so close to yeah. us that we can't see them. What but the literally hell, huh? right, right freaking next to us. Well, but oh just outside God. of our senses or our capabilities to pick them up. Like a dimensional... Well, kind of exactly, system. exactly. You um, I was Some talking kind of abstraction. Well, I was talking about DMT mm. before. Do you know about how people talk about the other? Yeah, I 
I def, I like okay if someone someone I never met before I think I'm I'm finally deciding okay Mark this is what you believe in which is really stupid I probably shouldn't say that so soon um because I'm still young and I got something to learn but <laughs> as of right now I'd like to say you know this makes a lot of sense to me when I connect a lot of dots if if someone were to be like hey Mark what do you believe in I feel like it makes so much sense when you connect the dots that if all this DMT stuff is real and it's not just your brain playing tricks. If it's if it's, if there's actually this other dimension where you speak to other beings, whether it's uh, the other or like gods or aliens or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like there is this veil and it's and it's vibrating right here with us. Right and here, right now. Yeah, because people say that when they do DMT, when they take that drug, which is already inside of them, when they take mm-hmm. an excess amount, they feel like they are home. They feel like they've arrived to where they're supposed to be and they don't want to leave. And it's not violent. Yeah. It's not scary. And I imagine when we talk about like heaven and hell, like that's perhaps maybe we leave our meat body and we end up there. And yeah, perhaps like all this alien stuff, like maybe they are meat puppets just like us, but they are more aware of what comes after. And that's why maybe they are so peaceful or so technologically advanced. Like they have pierced the veil well enough to be you know to to know and i feel like there is that piece of dnt that piece of the metaphysical that is real that maybe all this fourth dimension the the other that 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 could be real and you're right when you keep saying maybe it's right here with us vibrating right there we can't see it because we're not playing on that field but one day maybe we can or we will or we have Absolutely. The i totally agree with you when you say that totally 100 percent. it's such a possibility and there is so much evidence that has started to point in that direction but all that warrants is not a belief yeah. it just warrants more research more scientific brains and you say just yourself there that you're too young to really kind of uh, grasp it yes. I, I i maybe 40 odd um but, and when i was 20 odd i didn't have the kind of information you have so you're you're kind of in a better place i do feel I lucky because i do feel lucky you've got the uh the, the benefit of modern science to jump you straight up onto that level of the right direction i had to wait all those extra years for science to catch up with that kind of theory so yeah it's a great thing and it points in a certain direction all we can do is wait for the people in the field to do the research and to give us some kind of either answers or to say, no, we were wrong. We now need to shift and go in a different direction. So it's got to stay on the table. It's got to stay on this theoretical invisible table that I keep talking yeah. about because until we know that it isn't the way or it isn't conclusive or it doesn't exist, it has to stay on the table. Well, do you believe in all the, um, like the psychic stuff, the uh, the what does manage their goats? What's what's that called? Um, when oh, they, psyops, psy- psyops, and do you believe? What's the other thing? Uh, when they remote viewing, like, do you oh, believe yeah. any of that? Um, a short answer to your question is yes, but I can't prove it. Of course, well, yeah, maybe there's some part of my belief system that just is me wanting to believe it. Yeah. Again, that would be something that I would have to go away and spend time focusing primarily on that field or that area to dig deep. Um, and that's why I, I always remain um, optimistic on a level of non-bias or a level of I will only ever speculate. I will never go down the avenues of pushing any belief onto any of anybody that follows me on any platform because 
it's not for me to say. It's for me to say what I've done research in or what I haven't done research in. And I will always hold my hands up and say, listen, I can't answer that question because I haven't dug deep enough um, because I'm only a one man band. Of course, know? yeah. I, 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 it's difficult. It's a, And that's why I try and remain on this tightrope throughout everything that's happening to me. And remember, everything's happened to me in the last six months as far as. Oh, my, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're going crazy over there. Like, so I yeah. really have to do my 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 utmost to yeah. to be impartial and and, and well, stay focused down the if one you direction. can and I know you just said all what you just said if you can if you feel comfortable what's something you definitely don't believe definitely don't believe yes whoa I don't know I don't know if there's anything um well what's the do you mean a, do you mean a specific case or I mean. A th- like a theory, like a theory that wasn't just like, okay, so Bashori just gave you a theory. I'm not like saying some guy's theory. I'm saying like when we talk about, um, oh, like I believe in psychics. Oh, I believe um, it's uh, U- USOs, uh, unidentified commercial. Yeah, USOs. Like I be- what's, or they used to be, okay, they used I to live on Mars. Going, yeah, I, or events. I will answer that with the, the secret space program. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, people believe that they, we've been on Mars since, before the moon landings and things like that, or we've even been on the moon before That's 1969. Ridiculous. Wait, um, you don't believe we went to the moon? No, no, you said no, no, before. No, 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 I believe oh. we went to the moon. I'm saying we, we, we've had technology <laughs> advanced where we were on the moon and we've already been on Mars for right. 20, 30 plus years. That is a, a massive part of ufology. And if you look at things like Gaia TV, where they have oh, yeah. um, many programs <laughs> on the secret space program with people that claim to have been on these programs where they've gone out and worked 20 years on Mars and then they've been regressed, age regressed yeah. 20 years. And so they lived from the age of 20 to 40 on Mars and then they were brought back and they were regressed back to age 20 and things like that. I just, can't get on board with things like that those are the um, best ads on youtube though yeah oh man and these them. are probably these are probably some of the first things i looked into five years <laughs> ago because they seemed like the most exciting stories yeah, like there's some money behind this like they paid for the ad, for the ads and stuff but unfortunately yeah. it's just, I wonder it's just oh, charlatans. No, there wait. are too many charlatans who are in it for themselves to yeah. put out these stories and make money off it and then they disappear after five years and they've gone away with a million dollars and mm. laughing at all of us Perhaps you guys can help me because I remember this this event. I, don't, I honestly don't know if it's true or not. I think it is. Um, where during World War II, um, I think they sent Americans to... High jump. Hold on, let me... Operation see. high jump? Where they went to Antarctica and yeah. they like were fighting basically UFOs. Well, that's... <laughs> Again, that's what another is that? one like, What cases. is that? This is another really, really big case. It's not a case. It's a, it's a series of um, cases and stuff that have been talked about for decades now. Um, and it's another one of these where, unfortunately, you just hit a brick wall because there are no documents that back that up. There is nothing but hearsay and stories. Mm. And, and they're so deep and detailed stories. But that's all they are at the end of the day, in my opinion. I mean, I, and I always will say, in my opinion, because maybe there's stuff out there that I haven't seen because I haven't dug deep enough. But um, the, I think there's something dodgy going on with Antarctica. I cannot say what it is. It's just, it's it's too much, and I will not go beyond speculation because. I can't, I can't until I research and, 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 and even then there are very few mainstream researchers and I say mainstream, I don't mean mainstream as in 
the big names but the, yeah. the the people who i've looked into who have covered these subjects they hit brick walls um and if they can't go any further what makes me think i can so in my head they remain as nothing but stories you know, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry, I can't be anymore. No, no, no worries. I, I was lost. <laughs> I, I, yeah, go ahead. So speaking, oh wait, who, who you, you, you are Johnny. Speaking of Antarctica, let me hit you with a little dilemma. Go yes. ahead. <laughs> All right, let's say there's 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 UFOs under the ice in Antarctica, right? Okay. And but the only way for the world to find out is global warming. Is you have to accelerate global warming <laughs> to to melt Antarctica, and then we see all the UFOs. <laughs> Would you hit the button? No. No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Oh, did we just both say hell no? Bro, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I do think, like you were saying, that there, there's got to be something down there. I mean, like, it's huge. And there's, you're saying there's not one thing down there? Also, like, I don't know. Like, I know you said, like, you got a problem with the term ancient aliens, but... It's not that I've got a problem with it. It's just that that is a re- an area of ufology that is completely separate it's right. the opposite end of where i am with yes this yes and, like and I, I would need to give up everything i've been doing for the oh i understand 10, totally 10 understand and, yeah and focus on that i've got friends who are in that area uh, who who i could you know probably you could yeah well, get on your podcast absolutely I'd, I, I'd honestly love to i'll talk to you uh, i'll talk to you about it afterward because yeah sure <laughs> what what blows my mind is that antarctica is gigantic yeah and before Pangaea, it wasn't like this barren wasteland. So it's like, I mean, not at least not all of it. So it's like, I don't know. There's so much that we haven't seen. And, and what drives me crazy is the people who spend like hours every single day on Google Earth looking for things. And like some of it's pretty convincing. I don't know. You, you They catch some stuff and like, yo, guys, what what is this? And it's like some with, the, uh, I always forget what it's called, the acronym, uh, uh, submersible, submersible, eh. USO. USOs, thank you. USOs. But yeah, yeah. when you, they, they look at the ocean and there's like big moving objects, like there's like there's no way this thing could have rolled three miles. Like what is like stuff like that blows my mind. Like what's what's up with you and uh, USOs? What's your opinion on those? I'm a firm believer that there is something going on under the oceans. We say this time and time again that we've explored more of the Martian surface, or, or at least the the moon surface, than we have our own oceans. Um, and so the possibility of something going on in our oceans is, is huge. I mean, you look at the, the case with the, the USS Nimitz and all the things that happened around the off the coast of San Diego in the past two decades, um, things disappearing into the oceans. It's all in one specific area where there's deep trenches, there's magnetic anomalies and things like that. Oh this, my gosh, this, yeah. this needs more research that's happening right now um, and this relates to all the things that we're seeing with the drops from jeremy corbell and this is what's really exciting at the moment for me personally a lot of people are really are really not jumping on board with it but i'm really uh i'm really excited for what's happening right now and i know that there's more to come i i i hope you're right i really hope you're right i, I i'm pretty i'm pretty confident well, i'm right when do you think i know like <laughs> When do you think, like, I know you're saying, like, oh, everything's going to be, a lot of it's going to be um, a, a farce when next month when things come out and, and no one's going to really, no in, real information is going to come about uh, by any real officials. Um, but when do you think, it like, it'll happen? Like, realistically, do you think we'd be able to put enough pressure on them to show us? Or do you think they might not actually know? 
No, I think that there's a lot that they don't know, but there are things that they do know. Um, and the fact is that the door is open now and the door is so far open you now that it, it cannot be shut. Absolutely not. Back, back to the way that it was for all the previous decades. So we are in the early stages of disclosure. Lou Elizondo says this over and over again. It is a marathon and not a sprint, but we have started the race. So the finish line is in sight. Now there is speculation about how far away that that finish line is but it's certainly not decades so it could only be a matter of years and 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 let's just let's just keep doing what we're doing and and then maybe do it a bit harder if we can but it's definitely not time to take the brakes off well I mean, yeah you know it reminds me uh you started a youtube channel right uh i've started it i've not launched any videos yet i um i do intend on, well, i did intend on launching it in two weeks time with my interview with lou elizondo but I've actually just um, lined up a few other interviews. Inc uh, yeah, I saw it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, so there's a big documentary that was released a few years ago called The Nimitz Encounters. And the director, Dave Beatty, is a very important guy in, in the world of ufology as far as researching the events surrounding the the Navy battleship cases uh, involving the stuff that Jeremy Corbell has been dropping and, and things related to that. So I'm very excited to be speaking to him. And I think that's probably about a week's time. I'm going to be announcing it, all the details in the next couple of days. Uh, but I've got a couple of other things I'm probably going to be announcing in the next couple of days as far as interviews go. So I don't think that the Lou Elizondo is going to be my first video drop on YouTube. So, um, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, and I'm, then I'm, I'm definitely excited I'm, for you. I'm doing a lot of work with um, UAP Columbia as well, who is a, a researcher, an, an anonymous researcher at this point in Columbia with some super exclusive and interesting cases. I did Damn. a drop last Friday about a, a Tic Tac encounter in 2001 in Columbia. We've got another exclusive story dropping this Friday. So uh, it's it's all it's all go at the moment. I'm I'm super busy. <laughs> yeah, I like you were saying, like to do work, do more work, do, do everything you can. I mean, like you're doing you're doing work, man. You're really putting in the effort. Um, yeah. when you started all of this, like I know you said you started when you were young. Uh, mm -hmm. when I was young, and learning about UFOs and stuff, of course, it was very scary. You know, it's the unknown. The unknown is scary. Were you? always interested in a peaceful and positive way or were you ever scared of this stuff no i've, I've never been scared um i've tried not even to look at it in that in that in that way i i'm a i'm a big believer in that we as a human race in this day and age we are we are abusing this planet agreed we don't have a lot of time to to actually turn it around so any any interference from an external race let's say would be welcome in my opinion i mean i've got a young daughter and all i care about is her future I, course, I, i'm not fussed so much about mine I've, I've had a good life up until now so all i care about is her future and so maybe i'm doing this so that she can have a, a better future yeah um, i, I know that it. sounds cliche almost in a way but it's it's nothing but the truth you know god you're gonna be the coolest dad when she's like in high school it's like my dad's a ufo researcher that's like the coolest thing ever he was but, ahead hey, of she, everybody she, asked, she, she doesn't like she, she, she <laughs> asked me now daddy because my my partner's a teacher a high uh, a college teacher okay and she she works from home obviously because of the pandemic yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. and so she knows that mummy teaches when when she's upstairs in the in the in the office, uh, and she said, "Daddy, what do you do?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I look for aliens." I look for aliens. <laughs> you said that you um you did astrophysics. What what did you uh? 
Yeah, really? back in 2011, I did a short like university. It's, it's classed as a short course. It's like a one year oh, part cool. of a degree course in astrophysics. And it was basically I'd been I'd gone through my 20s and partied hard. I'd been out of education for a decade and I just felt like my brain needed reigniting with some something. So I decided to do a, a year long course awesome. in astrophysics. And um, good for you, man. It, That's awesome. It It really helped. It really helped me settle down and focus a little bit on not being a party animal mm. <laughs> and um yeah it's done me nothing but good you know a lot of mathematics a lot of ast- astrology astronomy and things like that i mean you gotta be so, pretty smart to go through that i mean i i love seeing <laughs> get it get the hell out of here i love <laughs> seeing people i don't want to use the word obsessed because that sounds negative but i want to use it in a positive way like obsessed with what they're in lo- like what they love and yeah it's a, it's passion it's passion exactly it? and it, for it, you it's the same thing obsession passion it's it, to me it's the same thing and, and it's not a, a derogatory or negative term it is an obsession yeah um and it, it helps focus my my mind my brain it helps give me some kind of need some want in life to to get up every day and i love that you know, i love that i i get excited every time i wake up in the morning and i check my phone and i see what's what what's new whether it be information i've been sent or even just interactions from followers like what they've got to say what they've got to ask me the fact that they rely on me as a source of information gives me real purpose yeah mm. yeah that's incredible elevate my my game you know well, so when in the event, I know I kind of I kind of touched on this before. In the event that we disclosure comes, you know, you t- you shake an alien's hand. I know this is almost impossible to answer, but what do you think your mission would be then? To well, go ahead. Hey, listen, that is a great question, and I've thought about this quite a lot. My, I'd probably have to rename my page to post-disclosure yeah 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 yeah. Um, but it would be it it. it would be i think that post-disclosure will be a 10 20 year process oh absolutely any any kind of development out of contact or anything like that so my job would be probably still be in its beginning stages it'd just be um, a case of keep doing what i'm doing and keeping up to date with the evolution of the subject it it ain't going to change just because we find out that yes it's real or it is from off world i don't think people i don't think every i think everybody in this world will realize that their lives won't change that much for some time if at all so um yeah it'll just be a case of just keep going man just keep going well listen man this this was fantastic i i i i oh, this is awesome and listen I've I've got I've got I've got yeah no I, yeah do. no I'm I'm, I'm we're wrapping but, um, up now we're wrapping up now man I can't think enough. What I'm going to say is let's let's do this again in a month's time just after the UAPTF report hell yes come, comes hell out yes. or doesn't come out I would I wouldn't I wouldn't love anything more man this okay. was fantastic Can I just ask really quick take two seconds uh, what <laughs> some of your bet what's what you what you would I've seen the be, the best documentaries and books I've read are Mirage Men out of the blue phenomenon. And then the books are the 37th parallel Carl Jung's book, which I would recommend passport, yep. uh, Jacques Vallée's passport to Magonia and Leslie Keen's UFOs. Okay. What books did you, or books and documentaries have you seen that you would recommend that? It... Um, I'm not so much of a reader through, through just sheer time these days. Um, I will always resort back to the Richard Dolan books, anything by Richard Dolan. As far as documentaries, 
go and watch the Nimitz Encounters. If you need to find it, it's in my link tree, in my, on my Instagram. It's also all over YouTube, the Nimitz Encounters. Um, and then also, and this is really interesting, Seven News in Australia put out a documentary feature yesterday um, on, the UF, on the UFO subject, and they called it the phenomenon as well, which is very mm. confusing. That is confusing. Now, it was thrown up on YouTube yesterday when it aired, and then it suddenly disappeared this morning. I was oh, lucky shit, enough to what? I was lucky enough to save a copy. So again, that is in the link tree on my Instagram as well. Go oh, and watch incredible. that. Seven Seven News Australia, the phenomenon. Awesome. Yes, all right, yes, take yes, a look, guys. Thank, thank you. you so much for watching. I'm gonna put all of the uh, disclosure team stuff in the bio. Of course, if you're here, you probably already know him. Um, Vinny, thank you so much. Thank you. This was fantastic. I this yeah, awesome, absolutely. Guys. Thank you so absolutely. much. I wish I could talk for longer, but next time, hell yeah, we'll do it again, and we can do it again and again and again. I Just I wouldn't love anything more, man. This fantastic I, I this blew my mind guys thank you so much if you like go ahead and like if you got something to say go ahead and comment and take a look at disclosure teams content instagram youtube go subscribe to his stuff and other stuff All right thank you everybody thank you guys take care speak to you soon